Fast-paced, ever-changing, people-oriented, and test drives at your beck and call. Sound exciting? That is the life at Rorick Honda. All of the Rorick family dealerships, for that matter. Check out our website to get in on the action of selling, servicing, and even lot attending. Visit Rorick.com for all of your vehicle needs. And now we start the Jagoff podcast. One of the, as we're winding down, being at the headquarters. At my house. (laughs) According to the Oxford Dictionary, the word Jagoff is defined as a noun, which means a stupid, irritating, or... Here's how Pittsburghers define a word jag off. When someone cuts you off on a parkway. Jag off! Or someone scares the f- out of you. Yeah, jag off! Or it's a term of endearment. How you been, jag off? This is Mark Madden. Hi, this is Larry Richard. This is Ken Bill. Hey, this is Kurt Angle. Hi, this is Rocky Blair. Hey, it's Rick Sevak. Hi, this is Greg Brown. Hi, I'm Tyler Kennedy. This is Antonio Holmes. And this is the Jag Off Podcast. So this is the Ajagoff Podcast, and as we always say, this is the point where we hope you'll subscribe to it, either through iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. certainly on Radio.com, the app where you can hear us every week. If you're on the Radio.com app and subscribe, you get the podcast at 1 o'clock on Mondays, as opposed to waiting until it comes out on the Ajagoff.com blog on Tuesday. Correct. And we're super excited because we are showcasing as our music guest today the sounds of Ashley Marina. If you are in Pittsburgh, you certainly watched AGT this week and you heard the song Hero that she sang to her dad. How perfect. Perfect timing, right? Yeah. Orchestrated or not, it was perfect. And Ashley has been on our podcast prior to this. Yes, she did a a, um, fireplace tour. Right. Mm -hmm. So because of that inspiration, we asked the question to our for our question of the day. What would be your talent if you were on America's Got Talent? We got some funny stuff. Jello shots was one. Yeah. Well, the red rocket ones, not yeah. just. So Kimmy J said the rocket jello shots. And then I thought it was kind of funny that, um, Mike Bodner said armpit farting. <laughs> really? If that's your talent, I'm a little worried. Um, we got, you know, the usual singing and someone actually commented that, John, you have a very good announcer voice. And someone did fire twirling. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we kept saying we were hoping that someone would say something like that. Yeah. Right. But listen, on the podcast this week, we're super excited to interview three people. Not a big like commonality, but they're going to have to answer the question of the day as well. On our podcast this week is John Thornton, CEO of Astrobotic, which is a company here in Pittsburgh built by conglomerating a bunch of CMU and other very smart people who received a $199.5 million NASA contract. And plus we have Dan Giggler, which is perfect timing because last year we had Dan and Clinton Clegg on at the same time, right around the fireplace tours as well. And we had Clinton on and not Dan. So we want to bring him on so that we can talk about what to expect in the food industry post COVID. And of course, then we have one of our partners at Entercom. Yes. Y108 uh, morning show, the wide awake morning show is Kristen. So, you know, what's the routine? What's kind of thing? She's newer to morning radio. She is. But yeah. working with a radio legend, and we want to hear her talk about that and any other foibles she's done on the radio. I can't wait. Who's always there when I need you? Saving every day. Who All right, so it's another podcast from my house, but 
as we keep saying, this is fine because we're getting some really good characters. And today we have a little bit of a repeat. I looked the last time that we had Dan Giggler on from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. It was with uh, Clinton Clegg and it was at Carmela's in the Strip District. Do you remember? Yeah. So this was last, what? winter spring so so this was due this and was our, overdue and dan our faces were burning off as we were sitting by, by the a really fire awesome fireplace <laughs> that's right <laughs> so welcome we actually had clinton on about my goodness three weeks I ago saw, i saw that i watched it like a week or two ago right? yeah it wasn't yeah. too long ago actually and yeah. uh and obviously always a joy to talk to him too so we had been itching to get you on and you're quite the busy guy just like everybody else we've trapped you because we're all dealing still with covid and and the aftermath of covid so this time we have you on the phone and we certainly appreciate it we want to check in and see what the heck is going on with dan giggler uh you know i'm sitting here uh <laughs> talking to you at my kitchen table uh-huh which has uh, basically been the same place that I've sat every day for, <laughs> uh, for over three months. Three months. Been into my, yeah, I mean, I haven't stopped working sure. uh, at all, really. Um, uh, but I haven't been into my office since, I think, March the 10th was wow. the last day I was there. Wow. And, oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, and I, if I never have to go back, that'll be uh, fine with me. Because I, actually, I'll be honest, like I'm, I'm one of those people that, um, setting aside the fact that I'm completely uh, leery and anxious of spending any time indoors. We, so we live on the south side in the city, and uh, you know, in an older uh, sort of like row house almost, and we have a little courtyard in our backyard. Ooh. And, um, that's, you know, and you can access it from like a side gate and anybody that we've had to come over to our house, including my parents, uh, through the side, uh, gate. And, uh, we, we have dinner outside. We're, you know, about 20 feet apart and it, it actually, it's been wonderful. I and mean, we have, have had, blah, we have had friends over, uh, very much the same way. Um, but you know, they're in their seventies and I'm not sure. Gonna, like, I don't blame you. Risk, risk them, uh, getting sick or anything like that. But, but going back to the work part though, I mean, I haven't stopped working at all. I get, I, I'm one of those people. I love working from home because I feel like I actually work longer and get more done yep. than I ever would in an office, which is full of, uh, constant distractions and sure. things of that nature. Yeah. So. And I think it's crazy because you don't realize until something like this happens what you are capable of doing. Now for John and I, we work out of my home every day. So like you yeah. said, not a big difference, but it's just, yeah. I think it's that, um, that mental knowing that like you can't go anywhere. And I'm sure for you, the whole restaurant thing, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, thinking back to the last, uh, great recession in, um, 2008 and you know, that was, uh, so different in, in the terms of like the industries that were hit first. I mean, you had like, you know, Detroit collapsing and the banking industry. And this has all been predicated on like people's social and face to face endeavors. So the restaurant industry was the first and hardest hit out of anything. And we've been covering a lot of stories related to that. I mean, my wife is a bartender at an excellent restaurant and, uh, you know, she's been out of, she, you know, they don't have any plans to go back to work anytime soon because they're a pretty small capacity place. So even at 50 percent capacity, yeah. there's no uh, there's no means to profitability for them. At You know, they're still figuring it out. Basically, right. I put it that way. Yeah. So, Dan, you know, as a side note, so the column in the near future might be Munch goes to his kitchen table again. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right. You know, we talked about that, though, because it was like, 
you know, it's not really fair to write about a place doing takeout because that's not how it's supposed to be done. It's, True. You know, you're, you're supposed to be sitting yeah. at a restaurant and taking in the atmosphere and, and all that stuff. And how does food carry, you know, how does it travel uh, in containers? And it's not really fair to, to do that. So, you know, we've been covering a lot of news, but, but not really analyzing right. um, what people are doing because it wouldn't be fair. I mean, right. it just wouldn't be fair. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we've had Ron Sofranco from Sofranco Advisory Group on the, the podcast, you know, about, you know, what sure. we might foresee and all that. But, you know, you're right there sort of in the ditch with it because you're out there doing it. And now we know that your wife is a bartender. So what do you foresee as far as a way we can help as citizens? I mean, obviously going to help support with the takeout is one thing, but. How can we sort of be rallying? I mean, do we just literally sit and wait until they open? Or what? what's your thought? You know, using your judgment of what you feel comfortable with. Uh, like myself, I don't want to sit inside with strangers for any extended period of time. So just on a personal level, like I'm looking for places with um, either outside seating or um, places that have a, you know, a, a, a big amount of ventilation. And that includes like a lot of uh Restaurants um, will have those, you know, big windows that open to the street, that yeah. sort of thing, mm-hmm. um, you know, that provide great airflow. Um, that's just on my personal level what I'm looking like where I'm going to spend time at. But in terms of like supporting, um, you know, if you go out, uh, the most important thing is to support the staff because these are the people that are uh, – you know, they're just regular uh, working people like everybody else. And, uh, you know, they will probably largely rely on tips to tip well. Yeah. Be polite. Be patient. Um, this is really stressful for them. It's incredibly stressful for them because, you know, you might be going to a place and you're going to be there for an hour and you might be dealing with your own anxieties about being out. Well, they're there all day. Yeah. And, um, you know, so. My God, if I hear one more person complain about a mask, I'm going to lose it because that is like the bare minimum of uh, sacrifice and just general courtesy that you can that you can provide. Um, so, you know, when it comes to dealing with restaurant staff or whatever, you know, be polite, tip well, be patient. Uh, they're under a, an intense amount of stress right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, after after folks that are like literally on the front lines of the health, whether it's first responders uh, or, you know, folks working at grocery stores, things like that. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's a hard job for often bum pay. So be polite, be patient, tip well. That's a, that's great Such advice. Such a good point. Yep. You know, as we all keep saying, we embrace the new norm, whatever that is, because we're literally taking each day at a time, not knowing what to expect. I guess twofold question for you from the people who you've spoken to in the restaurant business, what is the overall vibe that you're getting? Are, are they going with the flow? Are they fine with this kind of socially distanced dining? Um, Cause at least it's better, like you said, than, than having to do the pickup all the time. It's, it's at least invigorating to kind of get out of your house and not feel like you're kind of chained there. And number two, do you notice that this is really supporting what, what I think people thought was a trend when people would say hashtag shop local or dine local or, or, or eat local. And now it, it looked like to me, you know, especially when we were home, you know, I have a family of there's five of us and we would choose one night a week that we ate out. And we certainly patron, you know, Ross Township because that's where I reside. Yeah. Are you seeing that that also trend or, or be the thing that people are really getting behind now? Yeah, I mean, I, oh, I definitely think I mean, I, I, from the word go, um, 
you know, three months ago, uh, that was a big thing. Places that might have done a, a marginal takeout business almost just as like a convenience for people when it became their prime mode of operation. Um, you know, a lot of customers were rallying, like same thing. I, so I lived down here on the South side and like different neighborhood, um, groups and things like that were, you know, putting constant uh, things on social media about like, you know, go get takeout, support our, our places, you know, and, and people have definitely gravitated to that, you know, when and that's been a nice thing too, because I mean, you know, we're supporting the restaurant, but even with all the economic uncertainty created by COVID, even the people buying the food don't, you know, start watching their, their wallets and everything like that too, because you don't know what's coming up. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely been a community spirit, um, you know, because you either like the food or you, you go that you're a regular at a place and you like people that work there, things of that nature. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Let's switch gears for a second, Dan, Dan and let's have some fun here. What has been, okay. uh, let's see, your, your prior to COVID or maybe during the pandemic, but what has been your top five meals, desserts, breakfast? Listen, whatever, he's given you a top five, Dan, for a reason. <laughs> and let me tell you what the reason is. When we had your cohort, Gretchen, on, I said, what is the one thing that you could eat over and over? Right? Because it's just like the musician. You want to know what you know, genre music they would listen to over and over. You guys are in that. And Gretchen was like, oh, my God, I cannot do one. Right, John? She was yeah. like, "I can I give you three? <laughs> so John's extending you to five. Yeah. So, okay, so the top five. So I actually I think about this a lot um, because one of the great, uh, uh, as much as this is, is you know, kind of sucked for, for everybody, one thing my wife and I have been doing is a ton of cooking. We've done so much cooking. So much. It's been so much fun. Um, so, you know, always Italian is number one. Okay. Always Italian. Um, we made, what did she make that was so good? We did a couple things recently where she, uh, spatchcocked a, a whole chicken on the grill and we smoked Ooh. it and it was so, I mean, it was fantastic. Ooh. And like, you can cook a whole chicken in like, Yes. An hour. Yeah. I knew that. Yeah. My mom had been on the like beer and the chicken kick for yeah. a while. You know how you did beer the beer can chicken. Yeah. Beer cans. Yeah. yeah. Oh, right. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> um, so. Okay, uh, that's two. Italian, the chicken. Let me see what else. Oh, sh- oh, uh, s- smash burgers on the griddle. Ooh. I, will, I don't know if I'll ever eat a hamburger the same way again. Wait, what is a smash burger? Help, the, help us. So it's, she has the technique down, but it, it's basically like you, you, you griddle the ground meat, but you also do this thing where you literally like, like, you, you know, however you make the mound of the ground meat and you like, you, you, you smash it and it, it holds in all the juices. So it kind of like, almost like it sears it on the outside. Ah, and yum. then it's just a bomb of juice, uh, in the middle. It's so tasty. It's so good. Um, I know I, I literally just said I didn't want to like play favorites with takeout, but I will say that, um, because we can't make it at all, uh, it is Thai food, so that is our like. Okay. Our, you know what? A lot of people like, like our, Thai. Uh, drug of yeah. choice with takeout. Okay. I'm not name any specifics because right. I don't want to give favoritism to anybody, but that's one thing. Like, we wouldn't have the first idea how to make it. It would be insulting if we even tried. <laughs> oh, same. So, um, same. So, so that's that's our that's probably our, our biggest takeout. But, um, but uh, yeah, what else? So you we have, said the You have one more. Yeah. 
chicken, Thai takeout. You're very eclectic, Dan. Um, very eclectic. You go from Italian to Thai, a burger, some chicken, and da da da. Staying on the the Italian uh, tip, um, we ordered an extension for our uh, mixer, and we made pasta for the first time uh, just recently. Okay. And that was like so exciting. It just just to do it. I mean, it, I, it, you know, it turned out fine, I guess. But we made pasta, and also we have a little pizza oven in the backyard, so we uh, have been messing around with pizza. Oh, okay. And, uh, it's like it. such a blast because it's done in, um, you know, it's one of those ovens where it, it burns at like oh. 700 degrees, and so it only takes like three minutes to make it. And, um, you know, you know immediately if it turned out okay or not. But if you have to remake it, it's not that big of a deal. Dan, you know, I don't know if you know this, but uh, I found out that pizzas on a grill are so awesome. And even if you go and buy, like, the, the standard grocery store pizza, frozen pizza, if you let it thaw out and put it on the grill, it still tastes like a million bucks when it's on the grill. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, my that's God. A, yeah. yeah. Total game changer. Yeah. Yeah. And now, yeah. Are, are you a super salad guy, Dan? Uh, soup. Okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, I don't not like salad, but I mean, I, I definitely soup just because, um, you can do so much more with it. Yeah. And no one ever gets really, no one ever, like, it is nice to have a nice salad, like a nice cool salad once in a while, but nobody ever gets excited about it. I mean, there's a famous line from the Simpsons where I think it was Bart saying <laughs> a song where he goes, something like, uh, you don't win friends with salad. Yes. You don't win friends with salad. <laughs> That's so, exactly yeah. who it is. Yeah, because I hear it yeah. from my family. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> well, well, in, in, uh, in uh, what we I were mean, doing. Like, I like a good Caesar salad, but sure. it's still, but soup is like a vehicle. You could do anything in the world with soup. Yeah, it's hearty, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. it was funny. And it also, it's just, um, I mean, you could put, and you could put so much beautiful, like, produce in a soup that, in sure. an essence, it is a salad. <laughs> right. <laughs> a hot, salad. That is so true. Uh, well, Dan, it's, it's great to talk to you. We can't wait until things really are normal till we can hang yeah, out for sure. Here. Even if it is six feet away at another table, but, uh, this, it's always a pleasure to have you on. You know, you're always welcome if something's coming up. Oh, thank up. you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But, uh, as you know, we have a question of the day. And this is a pretty okay. good one this, this It week. is. And obviously being uh, one of those crucial members at the Post-Gazette, you know that Ashley Marina was all over the news. And we are super proud because we interviewed her. Um, for, actually, again, how funny. It was a fireplace tour. But... It was before dance. On the north side, yeah. yeah. on the north side. So anyway, um, she was on the podcast. So in honor of her making it to the next round of America's Got Talent, we are asking our guests, <laughs> what would your performance be? I mean, not everybody can sing like that, right? She's like 11, and she sings like ridiculously well. But what would that <laughs> thing be that we don't know about you that would be your talent that you would go on? And let's keep in mind, we've seen people on there eat fire, do these crazy, like, throw knives kind of things. Like, is there some crazy talent that you have that you could go on AGT? Uh, no. But I would <laughs> Dan, that was so anticlimactic. <laughs> no, yeah, but it's, yeah. the, it's the funniest thing. Not really yeah. anything, but I mean, if I do anything, like, uh, do you remember, like, in the old Saturday Night Live when um, Bill Murray had a character, like, Nick Wheels? Yes. He was like a lounge singer. Yeah. <laughs> and we just make up, make up songs yeah. about everything. Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. Yes, exactly. I do. So, so that I you're that guy? Like, yeah, I'll do that like throughout the day in the house and I drive my <laughs> wife nuts with it where I just like if she's 
she's making an omelet or something, I'll be like, Raylan's making an omelet. Hey. <laughs> like, I do that all day. I'll do that all day long about the most stupid mundane yes. stuff. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, and listen, oh we God. do that. It cracks me up. But, <laughs> right. Yeah. I was just going to say, we do something called Mazda Monday. Um, Mazda, Rorik Mazda is one of our clients. And one day John was like, Rach, let's sing the theme song. Now we are on Facebook Live, Dan. And I was like, we don't have a theme song. And he was like, it's Mazda Monday. And I was like, oh, oh yeah. crap. I love that. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly. There you go. <laughs> we'll be your backup. Yes. Oh, that's right. We want, yeah, that's we'll right. We're the, the giglets. Yeah, there you go. Dan Giggler and I love the giglets. It. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Dan, thank you so much for being part of this again. It's always a pleasure. And we hope that we hear from you in less than a year. Where does everybody follow you so that they can find out all the fun things you're checking out for the Pittsburgh Post Gazette? Um, just uh, you know, on the Post Gazette website, but uh, Twitter is uh, work. Twitter is um, at gigs four one two, and then for the food column is uh, at PG Munch. You'll always be my hero forever. On the Jagoff podcast, right from Manchester, which is the north side, not Manchester, England, the north side of Pittsburgh, John Thornton, the CEO of Astrobotic, which is a company that is going to help people get to the moon, including... From Pittsburgh. Yeah, right from <laughs> Pittsburgh. And on top of that, they're just like our podcast. They got a $200 million grant from NASA. Oh, for sure. We yeah. We got the same. So <laughs> Yinzers, just like us, right, welcome, John? <laughs> welcome to the podcast, John Thornton, CEO of Astrobotic. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me here today. Well, as I said, John has been fanboying about speaking with you. And what we do with all of our guests, you know, you're not technically a Pittsburgher. But I think with the magnitude of what you're doing, we can sort of like magic wand and dawn you a Pittsburgher at this point. Tell us a little bit about your background, though. You are coming from New Jersey and you have a CMU tie. And now you're living here in Highland Park. Give us that scoop. Yeah, that's right. So I grew up in New Jersey and, uh, you know, did the whole high school thing and all that. And then was looking around for universities and, and saw Carnegie Mellon um, and came out here uh, for, for engineering and was set up to go out to Seattle after university um, until uh, just one last summer before uh, before I had to make that, that decision and leap. Um, got an opportunity to work on a rover called Scarab, uh, which actually was one of the first rovers to uh, to be a concept rover to drill for water at the poles of the moon. Um, and 13 years later, uh, Fulca has come full circle, and now that same payload is uh, is now contracted with us to fly to the surface of the moon. Now uh, you say wow. that you wow. say that as if like, well, I did this thing where I was out scooping ice cream one day. You know, oh, I was working on a thing that was going to the to the moon. That's so incredible. Yeah, and, very like matter of fact, right? right? The whole NASA thing just is, amazes me. So, tell us a little bit about the progression of the company since I know it was started by. Uh, another gentleman from CMU, but talk about just quickly the progression and how did you get to the point where you're such a respected entity of the NASA group? Sure. It, it is not an overnight success story. That's for sure. <laughs> it's been a 13-year uh, slow and steady slog. So when we got started back in 2007, we, uh, we, we were originally competing for a thing called Google Lunar X Prize, which is to be the first to go to the moon and drive 500 meters and send back pictures and video. Um, no one ended up winning that one, but it kind of gave us a platform to get started. 
Um, so we, we got going out as a business for a while, um, but ran into lots of trouble in the early days and almost went under about two to three different times. Wow. Uh, and then about eight years ago, uh, me and, and two other uh, folks, uh, we rebuilt the company from there. Uh, and then uh, we've been on a slow, steady growth path for, for many years since then until last year when we got our big $80 million break, uh, breakout year with uh, with an $80 million contract to go to the Star Moon for the first time. Uh, and then it's just been a, a crazy trajectory since then now uh, with, uh, with a $200 million win just, just last week. Wow. Now, so you stayed here then. So after CMU, after the Seattle spiel, you came back and were here or no, you went back to uh, Jersey area. So I stayed here right out of Carnegie Mellon. So I, I okay. had the option to go to Seattle. I had an internship out there and they gave me a, an offer for a full-time opportunity. Um, so I had an op- opportunity to go work for a big aerospace company or take my moonshot. And I went for the moonshot. Um, and uh, people looked at me funny for for a long time. But, of course, that's, uh, it's paid off in, in spades and, and uh, you know, never looked back since for, for myself. Wow. Now, this is a question Rachel makes fun of me for asking, but I haven't asked it in a few podcasts now. But you must be a blast at parties when you <laughs> tell, you know, it's not rocket science. Yes, it is. That's me. And, you know, but in the meantime, like all the things – uh, that you, that you're working on the research, the people that you talk to on a daily basis, this has to be incredible. And just let alone how it's putting Pittsburgh on a stage because of you. Yeah, absolutely. It, it is incredibly exciting, but it's also one of those things that you spend long enough doing it as uh, you get kind of jaded with it. Um, so I, I talk about going to the moon all the time, um, every day, but it, it, it I, I have to consciously take a step back and think about that and, and realize how, how big that actually is. Um, cause it is really big. We, we have not been back to the moon, uh, as Americans to, to the surface in, mm-hmm. in, uh, almost 50 years. Um, so to be at the forefront of America to moon with a robotic lander and, and, um, and, and missions that will go to the equator of the moon and the pole of the moon for the very first time, um, are, it's just huge. And to have that opportunity right, right here in Pittsburgh and, and to be a part of the, the company Astrobotic that, that's going to do that is just really a dream come true. And, and, <laughs> really awesome. And that Super was, exciting. that was going to be my follow up, John, two full questions. So it's safe to assume, I guess, that you were that little boy growing up kind of, you know, enamored with the whole factor of space, right? I mean, that, that had to be what your, your jam was. Yeah, it was definitely one aspect. I, I, I have a wide array of interests. So I, I like everything that moves, planes, trains, um, all, all that. I, I, I had a, my parents got me a telescope when I was little. So I was looking up at the stars and I remember the, the it moment for me and almost everybody in space has a moment when they just hooked. And my moment for, for me was when the Mars Pathfinder mission landed on the surface of, of Mars and deployed a very small rover and drove surface and I remember my middle school teacher saying hey build a, a model of this or, or, or do something around that but I ended up building a, mo- a Lego model of that rover uh, and I think that's kind of <laughs> where that seed got planted oh I, my I, gosh I didn't know it was growing but yeah. it, uh, it then blossomed at, at CMU that is awesome and so literally going into CMU which I, I have to tell you side story I have a 17 year old who has a phone call tomorrow because everything's virtual right now right so he has his first kind of virtual walkthrough with CMU tomorrow so I nervously oh, yeah pretty exciting but when you were going into CMU that has to be crazy enough to think that that's the school in which you're attending but were you like I'm gonna be that guy who's gonna figure out this space thing I mean was that really your intent going in to college did you think that this was gonna 
going to be the end all. I mean, I know you said, well, I had my shot at this and ended up going for the moon, but what what was like talk us through what a college life's what a college student's life is like going into this and then kind of coming out and saying, "Wow, this is where I am now." Yeah, quite honestly, it was not my plan going in. Okay. My, my plan was to, to be an engineer, and uh, I studied mechanical engineering, and mm-hmm. I got really, really involved in the, the buggy program at Carnegie Mellon. So that's the, oh, the human yeah. and gravity-powered right. racing right. That, that happens there on, on campus. Uh, so I got uh, very uh, involved and uh, became one of the, the head engineers for one of the, the teams. Um, we built lots of uh, buggies, and that taught me about uh, teamwork, taught me about uh, building lightweight vehicles, um, they're kind of the same kind of tech that, that you would need for, for aerospace. Um, so it gave me a good background, and, and really um, I think that that's what created uh, the, the background that I'm growing on now and, and the building blocks that I need sure. for, for today. Uh, but space actually just came totally out of the blue, um, and once I saw it, I grabbed it and ran with it. Uh, and that was an opportunity when I met Red Whitaker. He's uh, one of the great robotics professors at Carnegie Mellon. And he had this project of a, of a rover to go to the pole of the moon. Um, it was concept rover at the time. Um, and he needed somebody to lead it. And he put me in charge in the first meeting we had. And that was that. And uh, three months later, we had a concept rover that was delivered to NASA. Um, and right at the end of that summer is when, when uh, things got going with the X Prize and the company. And, and then I had a, a choice of whether to go into right. big aerospace or, or take mm. the moonshot. So have you ever wanted to be an astronaut? Like, uh, you know, I stay there thinking, like, I can't wait for you to speed up your business plan so we can start <laughs> yeah. taking people, Hanyaks like me, up there. The space, yeah. Right? I just want to go up there, look around, and come back. Like, but so how about you? Like, what is your dream to get up there at some point? I would love to be an astronaut. It'd be so much fun. Of course, you can do it privately now. Yes. Um, if, if you have a quarter quarter million dollars or so. It's easy. See, it's <laughs> so, easy. So maybe, oh, cool. Maybe someday. <laughs> yeah. um, but but the moon would be a whole different animal compared to the astronauts that, that have been uh, in orbit, and there's yeah. lots and lots of them now. Um, what's amazing about the moon is that the gravity would be the most fun to play with, I think. Yeah. Um, you have no atmosphere and one-sixth of Earth gravity. You can jump really high. You can... Um, do things that you just can't do here on Earth. We, we've even thrown around the possibility someday that maybe we'll have interesting sports on the surface of the moon. Oh, my gosh. Um, like imagine basketball or football on the moon where you can throw. John, the answer was hockey. The answer was hockey on the moon. <laughs> I could actually That's be so able cool. to lift my shot on the yeah, moon. There you my go. shot would go high. Yeah. Finally. I know that you came from New Jersey. It's a happen in town. You're near, you know, I'm terrible proximity. So John's looking at me like, does she know where New Jersey is? But mm-hmm. you stayed in our sleeper town of Pittsburgh. Of course, we're known for big things, CMU being one of them. But did you ever in a million years think that this project would be taking place from Pittsburgh? Well, I think Pittsburgh gave a unique opportunity for, for space in particular. And you know, space is not normally associated with Pittsburgh, but I think <laughs> it's uh, we have a unique opportunity with robotics. Yeah, and right. So that's one of the big reasons why we're here is we, we think about home growing robotics talent and importing space, mixing that together and, and you get world class space robotics. That's our special sauce as a company. So that that's a big reason why we're here in Pittsburgh. And the other is I, I just really love it. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's awesome. good to hear. That certainly kept us here. Oh, I love nice. it. What do you love most about Highland Park? I, I like Highland Park and, and Pittsburgh in general just because it's got all the amenities of a big city with a yes. small town. That's it. Like yeah. You walk down the street, you know people, and they're just friendly and open, and you don't you don't see that in other cities. It's true. And it's just really nice and feels like home. 
Oh, that's, that's awesome. Answer. Good answer. John, I have a quick question because because $199 million seems like a lot of money, and but maybe in the space industry it isn't. But can you please, it's certainly the largest grant you guys have received. So what what is $199 million in the space industry? Obviously being the ones to get us back to the moon is huge. But, you know, tell us about where that fits into the grand scheme of space. Sure. Yeah. So from a, a space perspective, um, it is on the smaller, affordable end of, of projects for, for science missions in particular. Um, typical planetary science missions can run 500 billion on the lower end up to uh, multi-billion. Um, so it, it, it really is, uh, very dependent on destination and, and, uh, complexity of, of the, the kinds of, uh, instruments and, and science that's trying okay. to be accomplished. One end of that, the very, very high end of the spectrum with the James Webb telescope, uh, and that's many, many billions. Okay. So we're, we're on the smaller side, but the 200 million, um, for this is a very significant science mission for NASA, a nationally important okay. mission. Finding water at the poles of the moon in particular could be groundbreaking, huge uh, discovery uh, for uh, not just the development of the moon, but also other planetary bodies in, in our solar system. Yeah. And a big reason is if you have water, you can split it and turn it into rocket fuel. So oh. water is like oil on the wow. moon. It's, it's a fuel source. Okay. You have great quotes. really open the solar system. Oh, oh my gosh. Man. I could just write your quotes down all day and... Pull so, something out of this. And I think I read on the bottom of the, 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 the pole, it's like 47 degrees below the, or something like what? It's so cold. Oh like, yeah. You were telling you me some temperature. Your, yeah. It is crazy, crazy cold at the, at the poles of the moon. It's actually the coldest location that we've measured so far in our solar system is at the poles of the moon. And the reason it gets so cold is there's no atmosphere, right? So you got no wind, no atmosphere to, to warm things up. Um, and then the, the second is the, the craters at the poles of the moon never see sunlight. So you can think about the poles, low glancing sun angles. If you're in a big hole at, at the poles of the moon, you never see sun. So that means that you're you're staring at the blackness of space. Wow. Um, and they get on order of, of single digit to maybe tens of Kelvin uh, on the surface. Oh, that's oh, super, wow. super negative, okay. negative temperatures. Yeah. And that's the key, actually, to the water because it's got to be cold enough to capture the water in solid form. Because if water is in liquid form, it will effectively evaporate and just dissipate into the blackness of space. But if it's cold enough, it goes immediately to solid and can stay that way in, in a in a vacuum environment. And that's really the big key. So there's water there. There's probably other volatiles there that are at cold temperatures. So that's the, the hot spot for the resources. Rachel, wow. this is the this smartest is so, podcast we've I know. ever had. I, I mean, I feel dumber than usual, but <laughs> <laughs> because I'm listening to such greatness. So how many people work at Astrobotic? How many people will work when this thing gets in? And again, I'm completely intrigued by the fact that someone in the north side of Pittsburgh is going to drive a, a vehicle around on the moon, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we have 74 people right now at, at the company, and this contract will, will push us well above 100. Um, and, and you mentioned the north side. We, we uh, recently acquired a building in Manchester, a couple blocks from Heinz Field and, and nearby the Science Center. Um, really, we think it is a, a fantastic location uh, and right in the, in the neighborhood of, of, uh, of Manchester. 
Um, so that that building is, is our headquarters for building up the lander. It's also where we're going to uh, house mission control, as you mentioned. So we're going to be controlling the landers on the surface of the moon. Uh, we're going to have our payload customers come there, and that's that's where their their mission control will be. Uh, and our hope is to be able to to send all these pictures and videos and and everything that's coming out of mission control uh, to the whole region. Uh, so we can all enjoy the excitement of a, of a live mission uh, on, <laughs> unfolding on the surface of the moon. Oh, my gosh. We have to have a pep rally. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, need we'll a tailgate. pep rally. We'll we will that tailgate thing. that. Yeah. I Take- would love that. Yes. <laughs> Don't think that we're kidding, John. That's the bad part. I promise right. you. I love that idea. This is so well, we amazing. We would love that. Okay. We, we've talked about that with, like, Science Center and other groups. We could have have a party at every one of the places, tailgate, big, oh. big screens uh, up. We would love to have something like that. That's awesome. We'll be in touch for sure. Colin, make sure you uh, get back in touch. (laughs) No, this is fantastic. So is it is it fair to say that part of the reason why you went to the north side is because Gus and Yaya's ice balls are over there and you're probably within walking distance? Do you know know Gus Gus and Yaya's? Yaya's? I have not. I don't know. Oh, we will get you there. Okay. So the, this is another one of John's fanboy. You guys have like a club. (laughs) So it's this gentleman who is like in his late eighties at this point, uh, maybe 90. And essentially it's a cart, John, that he literally has this giant block of ice and he old fashioned scrapes it and makes you little icy ice balls. Um, sounds awesome. Yeah. And he makes his own juices. He has been doing his, his quote is since your dad was a lad and he has, he took this cart over from his father. And like Rachel said, he's in his, mid to late 80s maybe even 90 at this point and it's like this bubble of peace over there at west park you know you know where they play tennis aviary and the tennis courts it's right there yeah we're we're nearby yeah we'll have to go find there you go do it listen we're gonna take you there you tell us yeah seriously you will love it okay cool all right before we let you go where can people follow astrobotic and then we have your question of the day where are we finding you guys on the internet on facebook social media what's the deal yeah, you can check us out on astrobotic.com. Uh, we have all of our, our missions there and the landers there. You can also check out uh, the webpage there called DHL Moonbox, where actually individuals can uh, can send things to the surface of the moon. So it's uh, we're not just making the moon accessible for space agencies and, and other space agencies around the world and universities, but we also really want to uh, let all of us have access. That's so it starts crazy. at a few hundred dollars, awesome. but we can send things up there. We get pictures of people's family and inscriptions from folks. We even have some uh, some pet hair from a family family dog. Oh my god. Um, we have schools that that will send uh, time capsules up there, so all all kinds of fun things. So that that's a cool thing to check out. Love that. Um, and then uh, you can also follow us on uh, uh, Facebook and Twitter uh, and and LinkedIn. Um, and uh, we hopefully we'll have some more uh, bigger announcements through through the course of the year as other ways to follow the story along the way. I love it. I love it. God, I'm so geeked out right now. He really we is. are sending a "Don't Be a Jagoff" T-shirt to the moon. I figured. We are sending it. I figured that's what we were doing. (laughs) All right. So before we let you go, we have to ask you our claimed, you know, as I warned you, question of the day. So as you know, we have the song that Ashley Marina did on America's Got Talent as our music this week. So if you were forced to be on America's Got Talent, and John, I say that because most people would say, I'm not going to go on a talent show. But if someone made you, what would your performance be? What is your hidden talent that you would perform on America's Got Talent? Uh, that's a tough one. Most most of my talents are building things. There you go. You probably can't can't do that. <laughs> you totally could. Easily. Your Lego display would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I say that's your answer. Final answer. 
John Thornton, CEO, Astrobotic. Thank you so much. We are preparing. We're, A, going to take you to Augusta. Yeah, yeah. So you tell Molly to email us and tell us when you're ready. <laughs> Two, we are going to tailgate when this thing goes driving around on the moon. Yeah. And, and three, when you're even more famous, we're going to tell everybody we knew you when. <laughs> right. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time today, John. We appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me on. Two. Wait, one. have you done this before? <laughs> oh my gosh, a little bit. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> that was the best five count ever, I think. Ever. Other than a Larry Richard five count. Yeah. You know what I mean? No one beats a Larry Richard. Larry Richard, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. So. No one beats well, Listen, Larry. that's stepping up the bar right there. Don't put me in that one. <laughs> right, right. So who is on our podcast today? You tell me. It is Kristen from the Y108 Wide, wide awake. awake. I knew I was going to get it wrong. Wide awake. (laughs) He's good. This is a lot, Kristen, because he means well, but he's often like confusing my weird, like feamy things. And he's like, I got to get this right. And I don't want to sound stupid. So we're good. (laughs) We're good. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on the podcast. How are you? Thank you for having me and giving me something to do today. Like, this is awesome. I'm good. How are you guys? We are great. What is it like? Now, we obviously, our listeners know that we are now recording from my home as we have every Saturday since, I think, March 16th or whatever the date was. Um, so what is a typical Saturday like for you, especially because you're used to being on the radio super early? Yeah, I'm I'm used to being on super early and now I literally just roll out of bed in my PJs <laughs> and walk downstairs to my little homemade studio and it's just so weird right now just sure. working from home. Sure. Broadcasting from home yeah. and having my dog in the background on everything. Oh, for sure. Well, you'll certainly hear a little little excerpt from uh, Tanner, the podcast dog, at some point because <laughs> yeah, we have the same thing. <laughs> but we hear that from Kelly every day. You know, we do the Daily Dose of Happiness on 100.7 Star with Kel on Air. And every day, you know, it's it's her balancing also her daughter, her husband, you know, who else she's speaking to. What is that like? Because, you know, you're used to that on-air crazy hustle and bustle of having every thing chaotic but in an organized manner in a studio so what has that transition been like i mean obviously like you said you're sort of ready to get back in but what is, what are the perks of it being home uh definitely the perk is not having to worry about what you look like sure like the makeup the sweatpants <laughs> that whole work i mean it's not like i cared about that in the studio to begin with sure. but this is just another level of that um, it's also nicer, just the, the idea of just being here, having that hands-on technology where you didn't think that was even possible at this exactly. point is so weird of a concept, but I love it. But it's also just like craziness to me that like we are literally outside the studio and making it work. Yeah. Well, and I'd have to think, you know, the dynamic of being in the studio, the energy that you get is one thing, but the uh the nonverbals, the eye wink, the you know, the 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 sideway, you know, whatever. Uh. Rachel and I know when <laughs> the other one's about to say something or the other one needs covered because they just said something stupid, which is usually her covering <laughs> me. But you know, that's that's the <laughs> tough part is you don't have that sort of eye to eye thing going on and being able to read the other person your co host at that point, right? Right. It's like we're we're doing everything via Zoom at this point. I thought so, so yeah. Ha- so yeah, half okay. the time, 
Yeah, half the time I can't tell if Stoney's winking at me or if he's frozen. <laughs> right! And it's like, wait a minute, do I need to cover you here or are you like in a slow motion like alien move? Yeah. Oh the, my god. Yeah, so, yeah, no, no, you won't. No, you go. No, go ahead. Go, you go. Yeah. That is 95% of our show. It's talking over each other and being like, what, wait, what were you going to say? Oh wait, oh no, Zoom got you. Okay, great. Exactly. Well, and I was going to say, Kristen, it really wasn't. I mean, John and I were only on your show once as far as uh, since the pandemic. And I think it was when Entercom was doing the food bank telethon. Right. And so I have to say the energy, in my opinion, and I say this to everybody on Entercom because we're proud to be part of it. We listen throughout the day to different people so that we can certainly know what everyone sounds like. But what we did that, that morning, your energy was truly incredible, especially being out of the studio. You know, that, that has to be difficult because Probably it is more nerve wracking thinking about what could happen versus when you're in studio and you think, oh, I hope somebody doesn't swear or I hope, you know, (laughs) always a technical difficulty issue. But what what is really continuing that dynamic like, like John said, beyond the Zoom stuff? What is that like, especially from your perspective, being female, being young and being through country? Do you even like country music? Well, to start with, it took me a hot minute to get into country music. Um, it was in high school when I got into it. I went to a Kenny Chesney show and it was like, <laughs> oh, that's it. I'm done. I'm converted uh, from right? punk music to country music. Mm. So, I mean, the music itself is kind of energizing at this point. Sure. You know, just the idea that, you know, we're still in this crazy time. We're still giving you the music. We're still giving you we're giving you something to laugh at at this point, because especially with our show. We're trying to give you any reason to laugh. And at, I mean, you know, we're going through chaos and our own chaos in every single way. And the idea that, you know what, at this point, we could break something at our house and we can't call our IT guy to come running down the hallway. <laughs> right. So we it's chaotic to think that at this point, you know, we're we have to be our own IT people. Sure. But the idea that we're still doing this during 2020 chaos to me is just energizing enough and knowing that, you know, we are reaching people and the idea too. listeners reach out to me every single day saying like, Oh, I like what you did here. I like this. Thank you for continuing to be on air in this craziness. So that I think in itself gives us the energy to get up every day and motivate us to do this. Sure. That makes total sense. And then the fact that now the cool thing is, is that you're on the younger side of this, this window here of what, you know, when we have an older person on from the broadcast, we talk about, we kind of make fun of how they now have to learn to tweet Facebook and Instagram (laughs) and all that kind of stuff. But you walk into this, I, I would assume by, you know, that social media is part of the job. It never wasn't. Or, or am I making a wrong assumption? That's a good there? question, actually. Uh, no, yeah, social media has always been part of my job, at least. And I, coming into this, I knew everything that I needed to do on that side of it. Explaining some stuff to Stony, on the other hand, is a nightmare and a half. And <laughs> getting him in the the whole form of okay, say go to Facebook, and he's like. Yeah, or social media, y108.com. And it's like, no, that's, <laughs> that's not it. Every single day, it's not it, Stoney. But, you know, we roll with it at this point because it's sure. just, you know, we do have that dynamic of we have Stoney, who's a legend in country music, and me just kind of making my way through it. So 
we have both sides of the spectrum on that one. That's exact. You led me right down the path because it was, good job, it is, Kristen. It is literally working with a with um, someone who's so well known in Pittsburgh radio, and you know, radio being in general not a place you stay very long for. You know, staying in one place for very long. But here's Stony, been at the same organization for years. What's that like? Walking into the door and go, oh my god, that guy. Well, and even as st- yeah, that's a great point. But how did you even start, Kristen? Because I'm sure our listeners would want to know. Can she answer my question? Yeah, first? but it's. Sort of goes into it, John. <laughs> right, it does. <laughs> I I got my start. I interned at the radio station when interns were still a thing. Yes, okay. and I interned in promotions, and I was in promotions for almost ten years before I got part time on air. So okay, I I had known Stony from him being a DJ on Y108 and being like, okay, who is this crazy person that I have to work with on a weekend remote with a prize wheel? <laughs> so, no, going into this morning show with him, it was like day one. The chemistry with him, me, and Cowboy was just there, and we knew it was going to work, but it was also very intimidating at the same time because the man off the top of his head can tell you anything about country music, and it yeah. was just like... Oh, okay. Uh, you got the game here. You know what you're talking about. Okay, great. <laughs> no, that's true. But I think it is a great balance, you know, and, and honestly, I think what you were saying, even about the whole Kenny Chesney, I was not a, um, a country music fan in my earlier days. And then, you know, quite frankly, as my kids were listening to stuff that I didn't love and my husband was a country music <laughs> fan, it country's not what it used to be, right? I think it's so important. When we talked to Elena last week, who you had on the air this week as well, you know, we were saying the same thing. It's not that old school and nothing against Randy Travis, Willie Nelson. It's not <laughs> that sound anymore. It's that, and I still go back to Dixie Chicks. I mean, Zach Brown Band. That's the sound of today that can really cross over to pop music, right? Isn't that what, what really country has become? Yeah, country country is going through this weird phase right now where it really doesn't know what it is at this point because literally you could turn on Y108 and hear an old school, you know, Johnny Cash song and then 10 seconds later hear Morgan Wallen doing a pop rock song. So, I mean, it's country is right. really going through this transformation of bringing in this new wave of music. Right. But then you still have those fans that are still, like you said, like Randy Travis, Jolly Parton, Reba. I mean, that old school country. So it's like right. it's really kind of grasping every kind of music genre in itself right now. So true. So true. And I feel the same way because I can respect any genre. But when you can kind of have that influence with so many different people, to me, that's what, and I think that's why you guys have such a listening base. It's crazy to see how many people truly embrace and love country. But kudos to you guys because you're keeping that audience happy. Mm-hmm. What is that country song or country musician that you, you say, Oh God, like you take your headphones off and you're like, if I never hear this song again, I'm fine with it. <laughs> do you have one? Please tell me it's achy breaky heart. Or friends in low places. Oh, I hate oh, that my one gosh. too. No, Friends in Low Places I love. That kind of okay. converted me to country, too. Oh, all right. Okay. Sorry. 
And Achy Breaky Heart was my kindergarten graduation. <laughs> but I'm so, showing my age. Listen. That, that is a staple in my heart forever. Okay. Listen, this this uh, podcast is not about me. It's about you. But I have to share this, okay? <laughs> my husband okay. and I grew up together. We did not date. It's this weird, like, just knew each other our whole lives story, right? He dated the same chick. We all assumed that they were going to get married. They didn't. Somehow we ended up together. Kristen, but- <laughs> Kristen they have a baby picture together. We do. They literally have a baby <laughs> no! picture together. Yeah, we do. Yeah. But listen, the funny part is his girlfriend <laughs> loved the song Achy Breaky Heart when they were <laughs> juniors in high school. And I know this from way back then as a sophomore in high school. And I was like, I hate her <laughs> to this day. I hate that song because my husband's ex-girlfriend loved Achy Breaky that Heart. And he will tell you that to this day that, that he, nice. he, he looked like, uh, what's his name? Billy Ray, I guess at some <laughs> point. Anyway, what is yours? I digress. <laughs> Oh, I, you know what, honestly, it changes from week to week because there are just some songs that will get in your head and you're like, if I have to hear it one more time, um, I would have to say, and this isn't even country really at this point, but we played it for a while. Old Town Road. Oh, God. Yes. Yes. If I have to hear that song one more time, I really say it's the demise of 2020. Is yes. That song. But Kristen, I feel like we have a connection because they were both Billy Ray songs. So there you go. Yeah, <laughs> yes, we do. Uh, <laughs> Nothing against Cyrus, but God, I've got to say it, right? So what is, what has been your biggest, most craziest mistake you've ever, you know, we had, you know, Hall of Famer, broadcast Hall of Famer, Sean McDowell on the, on this podcast once. And his famous story was that he locked himself in a bathroom, put a long song on, locked himself in the bathroom, couldn't get out. There was Debbie. So what's the, do you have a story like that from when you were on the air, even just board hopping or something prior to being on the morning show? Um, man. I don't think I nothing catastrophic. Knock on wood, I haven't done anything that crazy yet. But I feel like a a curse word will probably come out of my mouth one day, and our boss be like, "Really?" And I would be like, "Whoopsie, I didn't mean to." There you go. Yeah, I understand. It happens. It happens to me. Luckily, I don't have a boss. John just drives me crazy. Listen, it it has been such a joy to chat with you because we, like we said, we love talking to the folks at Intercom. You guys have such a good handle on the market. People love listening to you. Where can people find you? Where do they follow you and learn more? Not just about Y108, but Kristen. Uh, they can follow me on all social media platforms, including TikTok. I've now downloaded that, okay. which is terrifying. Um, my, my social media name is On Air Kristen, K-R-I-S-T-E-N. Thank you very much. There yes. you go. There you go. <laughs> I, listen, I do it too, Kristen, because I'm Rachel with two A's because I was a bicentennial baby. I thought and for you said some this reason, podcast wasn't about it's you. It's not, but we're connecting <laughs> in so many levels. <laughs> Just shut up, John, with no H. All right. Here's the deal. Question of the day. All right. This is what we have a common thread. We have Ashley Marina singing the song that she sang on AGT. So in honor of our Pittsburgh sensation being on AGT, we're asking our guests, if you were forced to be on America's Got Talent, what would your performance be? And I know everyone goes, oh, I don't have a talent. Listen, I've seen people do crazy things on there, like throw knives at a um, bullseye. I mean, you've got to have some crazy talent. Oh my gosh. Please um, say throw knives at a bullseye. No, I that used that example so awesome. twice, I think. <laughs> I feel like I would probably hurt myself that way. Same. <laughs> Same. Um, I could build a puzzle. How about that? Oh. <laughs> Good one. Have you done many over the COVID-19 craziness? 
I I just started a thousand piece puzzle that I'm losing my mind over. And it's like, I now spend my Friday nights with a glass of red wine and doing my puzzle. And it's like, I, I'm determined to finish it, but I feel like that's my only talent in life. That's awesome. So did, wait, did you accept the Heinz 57 challenge where they did? Do you know that? I totally would have accepted that challenge, and if they would have given me a puzzle, I okay. would have been on top of it. Okay, 570 red pieces. Yeah, but she's doing it. I know. I yeah, saw that. That's crazy. Right? What is this thousand-piece one of, though? Is it, what is the, what does, what's the end result? It's lilies, and it's just straight-up, like, colors all over Ooh. the place. And I was like, you know what? I thought this would be easy. It's not in any right? way, shape, or form. Oh my gosh. I envy you because I'll tell you what, that's one thing with my three kids. We did like to catch a killer. We did clue. We did monopoly. But when we, when our friends were talking like puzzles, we couldn't do it. So I give you credit. I want to see it. You need to like take a photo and post it when you're done. Oh, yeah. for sure. Tag I us. will. It'll yeah, be all for all the social media. <laughs> Seriously. Tag us in it for sure. Yeah, oh, tag okay. us for sure. Kristen oh, from, will do. from Why One Wait, a Wide Awake Morning Show. Thank you so much for taking time to be with us this week. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks for giving me something to do with my life. Someday when I get older, you'll walk me down that aisle. Well, there you go. And there it is. There you go, as Frank Mergia used to say. So that was super fun. And the commonality, once again, was the fact that we all got to talk about Ashley Marina. Tune into AGT, be a supporter, and hopefully we get to hear that song Hero again. And you can actually go download it from iTunes for 99 cents. So go support her in that way. So thanks to her for letting us do that. Thanks to our guest, Dan Giggler, Munch from the Post-Gazette, who's kind of hanging out at his kitchen table at this point. (laughs) For real. And Kristen from Wide Awake, what a joy to talk to her. And just have her reflect on Stoney. And everything that he knows about country music. And I'm geeking out. John Thornton. Geeking out. We are going to the moon from Pittsburgh. Yeah. And as always, thanks to our sponsor. Fast-paced, ever-changing, people-oriented, and test drives at your beck and call. Sound exciting? That is the life at Roy Honda. All of the Roy family dealerships, for that matter. Check out our website to get in on the action of selling, servicing, and even lot attending. Visit Rorick.com for all of your vehicle needs. Who's always there when I need you? Saving every day. Who always comes to my rescue? Whenever I'm afraid. Who's the one that truly loves me? Like no one else in the world You'll always be my hero Forever I'll be yours Maybe I'm your weakness Maybe I'm your strength No Your, your love.
Show. 